Our existence is one of shadow upon shadow with the substance standing at a distance. We have become enchanted with their stony stage swaying and have no knowledge, or perhaps lost all remembrance, of life outside the cave. A shadow, though real, is never the object, a shadow suggests the form and movement of the object but the object is still truer, or at least fuller, it is more actualized. We have come to believe that the shadows are final, though, that they are all. But the shadows are really the beginning, we must never ignore the shadows. They have been given to us and they are all we have to help us discover the substance. They are signposts and cairns for our compulsory stay, they are something of torches for the lost among us. We do well to be an attentive audience, studying their moves and rhythms, learning their cues and tracking, they are sharing with us a story, and we ought to have eyes to see and ears to hear, we might lose the forest for the trees, the story for the shadows. What we learn from the shadows is that something greater exists, that shadows are miserly imitators of beautiful things. We learn that shadows themselves are a type of shadow, that a shadow is a symbol and that shadows can be used symbolically to talk about the world. A shadow is a two-dimensional rendition of a three-dimensional reality. It is the case, then, that our own three-dimensional reality is only a depiction of some higher reality, of something we cannot quite yet grasp. We do not merely use symbols to describe the things we see, the things we see are the symbols, we are the symbols, the world itself is a symbol. Yet we must be cautious of words like only or simply or merely or just. Nothing is only something, there is nothing simple. A shadow is not merely a depiction of a tree, a woman, a house, a shadow cannot exist in isolation. The shadow of an object is an extension of a real, true, full object, it is a part of it, a hint and whisper of it, an image of the object. Shadows always speak of something beyond and they wish to share with us their secrets. Again, our very experience in this world is a shadow, an image, even an image of an image, of an image, etc. ad nauseum, it is a tiny vessel and mystic token that carries secrets and suggests the reality of some holy other. There is a reality beyond our own just as there is a reality beyond the cave. The things we hold and behold are all more than they appear. Everything is the breath of words spoken, the aroma of a feast, the hum of a song. A rose is never a rose, says the old professor, it takes many forms and exists on multiple levels. It could be an apology, a romantic gesture, it may serve, let us hope, to symbolize some sweet moral blossom that may be found along the track, or relieve the darkening close of a tale of human frailty and sorrow. Everything is rife with greater actuality, pregnant with deeper meaning. In studying the shadows, we will have found ourselves on a continuum of being. And so we wander, east of Eden in the shadow of the holy other. Images of this holy other are strewn about the land, and we must do what we can to unearth the lost artifacts of our past, they will share with us the truth, the reality, the substance, the life. The ancient garden has been swallowed in shadow, we trip and stumble in the dark over the roots of the trees. The nakedness of things has been plastered with fig leaves and we must achieve the blessed undress. The truth of the world waits for us at the mouth of the cave, we must escape the cave. The ordinary things of life anticipate our discovery of their extraordinary actuality, they crouch, they stoop, they knock at the door. The great masquerade has been deployed, we must attempt the holy siege.